Hello, welcome to another edition of NRL 360, rugby league from every angle, all thanks to NIB. It's a big breaking news night here on 360. Hello, Kenty. Hey, Dan. Jimmy Hooper and Michael Karianis from Fox Sports Daily Telegraph. Gentlemen, hello to you. Yes. So last night we went to air uh, with a breaking story and that was the West Tigers jersey fiasco. This was their commemorative jersey planned to wear over the Anzac period, like most other clubs do. Uh, and it was uncovered that the jersey had an image that was not of an Australian soldier or soldiers and non-Australian weaponry. Now, this had some families of diggers and, and people that have served up in arms. So this, this became quite the story. Uh, the Tigers then, Kenty, issued a statement as we went to air saying it was all ticked off by Holsworthy Army Barracks, and that sort of tamped things down for then. But what has happened today? Well, a lot's happened, Dan. Obviously, look, it sparked a lot of outrage online yesterday. A lot of old diggers who immediately recognised that the soldiers weren't wearing Australian uniforms and weren't carrying Australian weaponry. The, uh, the, the, the machine guns that they were carrying are actually uh, with the US Marines at the moment. So the Tigers gave us a statement, and this came to us last night just as we're going to air. Now, the, the important bits to pick you out of it uh, was they... <laughs> collaborated with Holsworthy Army Barracks, who cited and approved all collateral relating to the release of the jersey. Uh, and, the sol- and then they, they're very generic in their talking around the jersey, around that. The soldiers on the jersey simply depict the modern-day soldier serving in desert environments. They backed away, well away, uh, from the Anzac reference. Mm. Now, in previous years, it's always been called the Anzac jersey. This year, for a... Even before this was discovered, it was called the commemorative jerseys, mm. which sort of indicated to me yesterday when we started to chase this that they'd already become aware that it wasn't a Ridgy Didge Anzac image and they couldn't call it an Anzac jersey. So we put a few calls in through the Australian Defence Force yesterday, uh, as, we, as we also did with the Tigers. The Tigers got back to us with this statement. We didn't get any uh, follow-up from the Defence Force before, in time for the show. So anyway, so what's happened today, uh, the West Tigers this morning have withdrawn the jersey from sale following the outrage uh, and the disrespect that they've shown to the Anzac tradition. Uh, they put out a statement basically saying that uh, they regret any offence that may have caused, um, never their intention. And they also said uh, that they, uh, well, yeah, they're obviously going to get a new jersey coming in now, which will properly symbolise yeah. the Anzac tradition. Now, in the meantime, what's happened today is uh, we've, I've spoken to the, the Defence Force who uh, have said to us that they, have not, they were not consulted by the Tigers, as opposed to what the Tigers said yesterday, that, uh, that, they, uh, that they did not supply any images to the Tigers, that they do have images available if, uh, if they are sought after, but they're not. The Tigers simply went and got a stock image off the internet, designed the jersey themselves and sent it off to Steedon who printed the jersey up. There's also a suggestion in the statement today that, uh, that, that the, uh, sorry, in the one yesterday that it was purchased under a licence by our official apparel partner. That's not true. Uh, the fact is that it was actually um, sent to apparel partner Steedon by the Tigers. So, there's a, they're a little bit slippery with, with their version of events today. Well, hang on. What we were thinking of was that this was gross incompetence, right? But the statement yesterday said, West's Tigers 
to repeat what you said, has collaborated with Holsworthy Army Barracks, who have cited and approved all collateral relating to release of the jersey. Okay. Just And you're saying... That it, you're, you're, we've had confirmation from the, from the Defence Force today in Canberra that that did not happen. You do not lie when it, you come to this part of society, when you're dealing with the army, when you're dealing with diggers and people that have served. This is very dangerous territory where, where this is going. It's, it's dangerous, Dan. It's, I think it's symbolic of a lot of things that's happening at the club as far as their attention to detail and uh, what they believe people should know. And the fact that uh, what, yeah, you know, the version of events, I think they've initially got caught out, but they didn't realise they had the wrong, uh, a, a wrong image on the jersey. They've tried to move away from that to the generic wording of it, to the fact they renamed it a commemorative jersey. The fact that they said it's the, the soldiers on the jersey depict simply depict the modern day soldier in a desert environment. Well, they, so they didn't try and link it to the Anzac legend. The diggers are in outrage because it is an Anzac jersey. It is not a. It's not Remembrance Day. It's not. It's not remembrance of all soldiers. It's. It's the Anzac, Anzac legend. That's it's right. the Australian and New Zealand Army Corps, which is commemorated on that day. So they removed themselves from that. Here's the image we can see here, which we found online, which is actually put together by somebody in Iran of all yeah. places. Yeah. So. The Tigers it's are, still, work, are still not being, I think, totally forthcoming with what happened. I think they've tried to massage and minimise the damage around this. And unfortunately for them, because of the delay in getting things confirmed, it's actually come back to bite them because the Defence Force has basically shot down, which was basically their last straw of hope, that they had collaborated with Holesworthy Army Barracks, which they, the, the Defence Force says they clearly did not. No matter which way they try to massage or spin it, Kenty, it's an Anzac insult. And to me, what it underlines is the fact that the Tigers are as bad off the field and in the front office as they are on the field, which is a very sad state of affairs. Well, look, look, they've missed on so many levels too, Hoops. This indicates... Yeah, this is the small problem to the bigger problem. Yeah, this shows you that... Is this the only thing that's gone wrong with the Tigers? Or are all these other things that they keep spinning out in the media, all their versions of events with the way that the club's performing, the fact that they keep pressing forward all the time about how well the club's doing financially off the field. They've just burned $75,000 on these jerseys here because $150 bucks a jersey, they've printed 500 of them up, sold 100. I don't know if they get your money back if you want that, but I'm sure they'll offer that. But it's just, it's just indicative of the club that's just not sitting in reality at the moment. That is just basically conjuring events to suit their version of what they believe is correct. And fans have got a right to sit here and say, you know what, we've had a gutful of, of continually you know, being misled. What I don't understand, there's lots of this that I don't understand is, but can someone explain to me why John Bateman, an Englishman, fronted the unveiling of this jersey? That, of all the, For the Anzac jersey. For yes. the Anzac jersey. That, that, for me, sums it up. I, I can get the error that that's made with, with that jersey, but to come out and put... With all due respect to John Bateman, there's a lot of Kiwis, there's a lot of Aussie in that Tigers side. South Sydney wouldn't have an Indigenous jersey and just send Damien Cook. Yeah. You know? It's just... Well, the version they put out, Hoops, you spoke at the club today and they gave you their, their reason why it was John Bateman, was that there was something to do with the fact that it was a... Uh, that it was... The, the they thought there was the problem with the CBA... No, that wasn't the club. That was, that was another conversation that I had separately. But, look, getting back to the issue is 
The Tigers front office at the moment is a complete rabble. You can go to this jumper, you can go to last year there was a lot of pomp and ceremony about the unveiling of the $75 million Centre of Excellence at Concord. They stuffed up on one of the walls. They had mm. Benji Marshall winning a premiership with St George Illawarra. How does that happen? So to Justin Pascoe's cheer squad with the pom-poms, who always champion the fact that, oh, no, in terms of the profit and loss sheet, he's doing a wonderful job, he's not responsible for the football department, well, surely this falls under his imprimatur. This is the front office. This is the finite detail that a CEO and the CEOs at all the good clubs are across. This doesn't happen on anybody else's watch. The other thing is, too, is that once again they sent the players out today to basically try and explain it away uh, when it's clearly an administrative pro problem. Like the chairman and the chief executive, at some point, should have, one of them should have come out and just said, look, we're deeply sorry, sorry, we made a mistake. And rather than try and just spin a little bit of truth that they probably hope wouldn't be discovered, that they, that they had checked it out with Holesworthy, uh, they, they sent the players out to, to give their version of... Uh, what actually happened there. And it's interesting you say that because Justin Pascoe received criticism last year when Tim Sheens fronted after Michael Maguire got axed and he said, well, it's a football club decision. Yeah. And then today they send the players out when he should have been front and centre today. Um, what's worse here is that the fiasco of the jersey, which is embarrassing, or the fact they appear to have been caught out in a lie, or maybe that's too strong a term, but they've put out a statement which goes against what we're hearing from the ADF. Well, it puts out a statement that wasn't that was attempting to minimise their culpability in it. The fact that they well, we checked it out and you know, we didn't know, but well, we acknowledged the the outrage by the diggers. But then you find out well, actually, you didn't check it. You didn't get it checked. So they, they they're, they're massaging the truth. They're, it's like when you find a, you know, a little five-year-old kid lies to you and he just admits to what you already you think he already knows. You know, what I mean? yeah, it just tells you only only so much. That's that's childish. And at some point, the club should have just walked out today and just said, you know what, and still nobody has taken accountability for it at the club. Yeah, it's still very hard to find out who actually was the person that put this together, who's the person that ticked it off, who's the, who was the last set of eyes that saw it and said, OK, I like it, let's send it to get printed up. Well, it's been 24-plus hours now. Well, they've had enough time to say something. Last night you could understand, all right, they're scurrying, they put out a hurried statement, but 24 hours on. Um, aren't... Their protest playing hoops on Monday. They're playing Parramatta Big Easter Monday game, aren't? Isn't there? I mean, we haven't seen this sort of uh, scenario since the Oust Douse days at St George Illawarra. Now we've got the, a plan to. It's a protest. It's a, a fan group have basically said they've had enough. They want to, They're going to put a protest on on Monday. They're going to try and start calling for change at the club. As we know, the club. You know, for people at home, it's very hard to to explain this, but. But basically, the Western Suburbs Board, who oversee all this, or West, sorry, West Tigers Board, who oversee all this, and run by the West Ashfield Leagues Club, predominantly, who had the majority of shares, it's very hard to actually get them voted out. It's not like the, the full membership can go and vote them out. The, 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 uh, the club doesn't work that way. Their, their constitution doesn't allow that. What they do is they have 20 debenture members who vote for the 10-member ten board, ten board, essentially. And what they do is they put these guys on and once they are on, they're very hard to, to move out. And, and that's part of the problem. That's what the protest is going to be. So I don't know if they're going to have any success at it other than 
Uh, maybe if there's a conscience vote within the board, a few people might say, well, hang on, might, might be time for me to move. G'day, it's Matty Johns here from the Matty Johns podcast. Now, each week on a Wednesday, I'm going to talk rugby league, bringing listeners to the very latest from the NRL, including insight analysis from one of the sharpest minds in the game, Cooper Cron. Plus, on Fridays, we'll bring you inside the Johns family household. When I Googled electric eel, it came up with the most frequently asked questions. First one was, can I power my house with electric eels? <laughs> Whether it's uh, NRL or laughs, there's something in this podcast for everyone. Search for the Matty Johns podcast wherever you get your podcasts. The, the members and fans have had a gutful, and it's not just the Anzac insult. It's not the CEO on his phone at halftime when they're trailing 28-0 and Tim Sheens is giving the halftime dressing down. It's the fact that they haven't made the finals dating all the way back to 2011. And it's the litany of front office faux pas combined with the on-field results. But I actually think the majority of the anger that these members are directing, Kenty, it's more towards the front office. Mm. It's more at Justin Pascoe. It's about removing him. It's about putting further heat on Lee Hadjapantelis, who is the chairman and also the major sponsor of the club, which a lot of people would say is a conflict of interest and not in the best interests of the club. That's what... This protest well, on the Monday will be about. The major sponsor is tipping in all the money. He, if things aren't performing adequately, he says to the chairman, what's going on? I'm tipping all this money and it's, it's not working. And so, you know, alternatively, the chairman, if he's not getting enough money off the major sponsor, he says to the major sponsor, tip more money in because we, 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 yeah, we need you to catch up to where it needs to be. But when it's the same person, to your point, there can be... Certainly an, an erosion of, of uh, the, uh, the vigorous conversation that needs to happen. Tigers are the type of club that reacts to media spotlight. And you, we see a lot of clubs, they'll, they'll re-sign coaches just to keep the media at bay for a period. Are we getting to a period where there's so much heat on the Tigers that they're going to start to look at making a decision like ousting, whether it's Justin Pascoe or I, I, I don't know how they, they can't, move no, on no the one board? Can, no one can vote them out there, OK? There's not enough people... The board... The board you're can talking vote. About the bo- yeah. no, but you're, talk- you're, saying, you're talking about the board. When you say nobody can vote them out, well, you're speaking members of specifically about the board. But they can sack the CEO. They can sack the CEO and, then, and I, you know, they can vote off the chairman, I'm sure. But part of the problem is that the club is... They're not... See, last year they brought in Tim Sheens because there was a lot of outrage about the incompetence of the administration. And so they brought in Tim Sheens as the buffer, as the football general manager at the time. There's a buffer between Michael Maguire and the, and the club. So from, after that, every question that was directed to the, the administration about the, the football team was directed to Tim Sheens. Go and talk to Tim Sheens about it. He, and T- Sheens took on that role until he then got appointed coach. But now he's been appointed coach, and this is a non-football matter. The club has, the club has just... Dis- they've gone down a bunny hole. They've just disappeared. And, and so they don't have Sheens there as a buffer anymore. They still try and push all the conversation on the Sheens. This isn't Sheens' issue. It's not the play- They've got players today. We've got players here ready to go talking about what, what well, this, this issue today. Well, let's play it. This, this was some of the Tigers players. No, no, none of the officials were speaking, so it was indeed left to the Tigers players to, to speak about this and clean it up. Exact day jersey was unveiled. You were modelling it. It had two soldiers on the front. Did you realise that they were American soldiers when you put on that jersey? No, obviously not, mate. Obviously, I'm not, I'm not from here, so I didn't realise, really dig deep into it myself. Obviously, the club realised I made a mistake and they pulled in the shirt and, and obviously they would get excited. Were the club aware that they were two American soldiers when they gave you the jersey and said... He's Clearly ready. not, no. Clearly not. They wouldn't put it out there, would they? <laughs> you know, I don't think they go out there purposely to disrespect anyone and 
Um, you know, they, obviously they'll they'll do the right thing and 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 do what they have to. Um, it was just a just an error, and it'll, it'll be fixed. There are some fans on Facebook that um, are planning a protest on Easter Monday. How does that make you feel to hear they're playing protests like that? Yeah, we can see their frustration. You know, we apologise to the fans, but you know, we're just going to keep keep working hard and, and, and doing our best. I've been here for seven years, and you know, Justin's been here, and. To be honest, I can't speak highly enough of him. You know, I really do feel for him because, you know, when we talk about sponsorships and all that sort of stuff, and you know, the, the club heading in the right direction, you know, he's he's you know boosted everything. You know, the club's in a really good position. Poor, poor old Alex Twall is trying to justify. He's been left to justify. He's defending his boss. Oh, he's singing from the hymn sheet Buzz went with on Monday night. What a good job Pascoe's done off field, and that's that's what he's been. Yeah. Pascoe's been pushing for some time now, and he has done a tremendous job. He's done a good job as far as sponsorships. They do have the centre of excellence and all that. But you don't put three players up there today to answer for your errors. I, I disagree strongly. I don't think he's done a tremendous job. Has he done a tremendous job? All of this fiasco has unfolded on his watch. Whether you want to go the Anzac jumper, if you want to talk about off the field, let's talk about all the off the field issues that they've had over the eight-year tenure that he's been there. It's a list as long as your arm. So... I know he's got a cheer squad. I know that they like to say that he has got the business arm of the club flying. Yes, he delivered on the centre of excellence. But I think one of the worst indictments for Pascoe is that while the blowtorch is on the club at the present minute, where's he? He's under the desk, in the fetal position, nowhere to be seen, and he leaves his players who get barbecued every week about the fact that they're 0-5 yeah. to front up and answer the tough questions. John Bateman shouldn't have been put in that position, nor should Alex Twole. No. At the good clubs, if it's Brisbane Broncos, if it's South Sydney, if it's Sydney Roosters, the administrators front up, they wear the boards. Where does this go in the next 24 hours? Well, after Kenty's revelations today, there needs to be further investigation and a clear timeline of who knew what, when they knew, and who signed off on it. And who signed off on that media release this morning that went out. That's it's, it's a huge issue for, for the Tigers. As John Bateman said, he's not from here. So why is he wearing that jersey? So the thing the, thing the fans got to ask is if you're misleading us on something like this, what else are you misleading us on? Yeah. And that, that's, that's the simple question. I'll tell you where it'll go in the next 24 hours, Dan. How many times have we seen this radio? They'll duck, they'll dive, they'll shimmy, they, they'll weave and they'll pretend it's not happening and they'll try and just let it slide. I, I don't know if they can survive. Look, I don't want to call for jobs. I don't like going down that track, but I, I want some accountability in this and I want... At some of the clubs got to stick their hand up and just say, you know what, my error. Yeah, and I know look, the the coverall. I'm responsible for everything that, that Pasco issued oh, on Monday. Well, what does that does, mean? Exactly, it does what not does hold. That it does not hold water. If he's it, responsible for everything, and certain people want to absolve him of football department decisions, again, I disagree with that. But what does it mean that he is I the agree. CEO? Everything falls under his responsibility. But the, the one-line catch-all that I'm responsible for it all just doesn't wash. But Because when you, you're prepared to say, well, big picture, I'll, I'll cop the blame, I'll be the, you know, I've got the big shoulders and I'll wear it. But hang on. Well, here's a, here's a sp specific opportunity, a, a specific mistake to come out and say, you know what, I was the bloke that ticked it off or whatever. No-one has come forward. Prior to this latest Anzac insult, we offered him on this show tonight. That was when he was in the dressing room at halftime on the phone and the tracksuit brouhaha that kicked off over the weekend. He wouldn't come on. Well, so, 
that probably tells you a fair bit. It'll be interesting. We're getting into Easter. If he's thinking, well, I just have to ride this out till tomorrow night. Storm roosters, big game. People will forget. Oh, I'm not sure they're going to forget. This week's player to watch now, well, thanks to the famous Bundaberg rum, is none other than Brandon Smith. Tomorrow night, heads back to Melbourne as a rooster for the first time. He saw he's playing a different role up there. Like he's playing dummy half full, full time. Where here he was like a part-time dummy half, part-time, you know, playing the ruck and, you know, could do either job, you know, really well. So um, it'd be strange playing against him, I suppose. But, um, um, yeah, we, you know, we know what a quality player he is and, um, you know, we'll need to keep our eye, eye on him. I've really enjoyed sort of working with Brandon because you get the... Um, the humour is, is, is his style and his first stop. Then behind that is... A guy that's really footy intelligent. He came here, we had a chat, I guess, when we signed him a year ago, just to, about his development as well as a person. Uh, we want him to be himself, but then we also want him um, to get the best version of himself. And that's often what we do in our 20s. We're still trying to work out who we are and, and how we want to be. And, um, and we, we're here to assist that as well. Not here to change anybody, but just to develop them as a person. All right, uh, Craig uh, Bellamy there and, and Trent Robinson. Probably took him a couple of weeks, Kenty, but he's warmed in very nicely. Yeah, look, it's taken him a while to get used to that dummy half role. As, as Craig Bellamy said there, he didn't play full-time dummy half when he was in Melbourne. So, and that, that, that's a, you know, it's a fairly aerobic position, that one. You, you, you constantly have to be at the play of the ball. You, you, it, it takes a lot of minutes. You need a lot of uh, miles in your legs to get there. And, and the Roosters acknowledged that early on with him. Uh, and that there was going to be a period of, of gradually extending his minutes in each game to keep him there. And he's getting there. Look, we know he's a quality player, so we're not surprised by it. But it interesting to see how Melbourne, who are very good at uh, picking teams, uh, op like their opponents' strengths, strengths and really nullifying them. So it's interesting to see how they go after him. I think something fans love about the hectic cheese is he's a character. Mm. And the stories in the paper today about how when he's playing for Melbourne, he used to text blokes pictures of Nelson Asofa Solomona looking angry and ready to run through a brick wall. Harry Grant was telling the story. He said this week he might be sending messages around about Jared, but he's playing a different style out of dummy half at the Roosters, isn't he? And both of those coaches acknowledge that. It did take a little while to warm up, but it's starting to work now. I watched um, Matty John's show last night, the podcast. Michael Checker, fantastic uh, special guest, and he spoke about the idea that, that a good club, a good team has a mix. So you've got the scallywag and the bookworm and uh, the yeah. nerd and the ladies' man, and you, mi you mix it all together and you've got something special. And he said, Brandon Smith will make Sam Walker better because they're two totally different personalities. It's a fascinating perspective. Well, look, a lot of the good coaches, Gus Hiddick used to hit on that all the time, and he, he used to love the scallywags, he said, because they're the guys that, that generally handle pressure best. That's just their personalities. They, they get out and they get into people and they, they almost, like... Like build up a uh, like a, a callus to it all because mm. they're just into people so often that when the time comes off pressure, that they they are best ad, uh, adept at handling it as a, as their personality. So, yeah, and, and Smith's that kind of player. Uh, Angus Crichton, you've got some news there. Hoops, the comeback's coming along nicely. Yeah, this is a real positive for the game. Angus has obviously had some challenges this year. He was diagnosed with bipolar back in February, but. We can report he's going to make a comeback to the field that's very soon. It'll be next weekend. It'll be New South Wales Cup 
for the Roosters. He's been back in full training now for two and a half weeks with the club and then also doing some stuff off-site with one of the Roosters conditioners. That's a... That's, That's a big story. It's mm. it's a great it's great news story for for the Sydney Roosters. It's it's a positive, uh, and I'll tell you what: if they can get him back into the NRL soon, look out! Like their roster starts to look even better than it already does. Yeah. From mm. a footy perspective, they've got Satili Tupanua out as well. So you throw those guys in at the mid year, mid year point, where around Origin, where teams start to falter a little bit, they're going to get some injection of some real class players. Uh, you talk about that. Should they just try and squeeze Warrior Hargreaves in next year? I mean, I know the plan is that, that he's going to retire and Spencer Lenu's going to get some of that money. He, he's too big an alpha to let go, isn't he? Well, look, Dan, the, the, the thing about it, I think we need a little bit of caution here, is as well as he's playing right now, it's early, early. in the season, his You're legs right. are still fresh. It's a 27-round it's a season. And what you generally find with older players is they need to be looked after late in the season. And some players do get to an age where they just don't want to go through another off-season. They, they don't want another summer of hard slog. And, and how Warrior Hargraves feels right now is probably going to be very different to how he feels around round 24, 25 or round 22, where he's still five weeks away from the finals. It's still far enough away and you're not thinking about it yet, but you've just come through the great slog of the season. And, and that's, that's the issue. You, players if they didn't have to train, would play forever. Mm. But it's the training that knocks them around. It's the training, and they have to train to get themselves physically ready. So as well as he's going right now, it's, I just don't believe it's a conversation to even have right now because his frame of mind is going to change a lot between here and the end of the season. It's an incredible achievement at 34 years of age. He plays the toughest position on the field. He's already won three premierships. But to still be doing what he does, like last week when Bailey Simonson comes in and nearly decapitates... James Tedesco, it's Jared who goes running in yeah. and puts Parramatta forwards all back in their place. Referee actually had to warn him. But if I'm the Roosters, Kenty, irrespective of Spencer Lenu arriving, I'm trying to convince him to, to go around again. And you just moderate, to your point there, you just moderate his minutes. So you don't expect well, him that, to start. You don't need him playing every game. He doesn't have to play massive no, minutes. That's certainly an option. But then you've got to start thinking about value for money. Yeah, you, Money's not... Limitless. This bloke's one of the best front rows. He's, he's not going to get what he's on now, Kenty. I don't think. I think even Jared would have to realise that. Will he accept that. less though? Will he accept less? Will he? If you That's say, to, okay, we're not going to give you what you're on now. We'll give you X amount. Is he going to say to himself? Well, Mate, for that, man, for that amount of money, I'm not willing to put well, that's my that's a decision body... he has to make, but I think it's definitely worth keeping him around because they're a far different side. They don't for this, when He's not there. The Roosters are lacking that firepower. Still, even at his age, he's their enforcer. They signed Spencer Linu. I get that. But they've done the same with Daniel Tupu. Everyone thought he was out the door when they signed Dom Young, but he's going to stay around for another 12 months. Now, Josh Adokar has spoken today. Not surprisingly, he's declared he's ready to return to State of Origin after being overlooked, of course, for last year's series. The Blues hierarchy heavily criticised for snubbing the Fox, but uh, the form of the Doggies winger, it's quite compelling. It's always a privilege to put the Blues jersey on, bro. Um, yeah, I just can't get too far ahead of myself. Um, didn't work out last year, so I'm just trying to prepare the very best I can for the Bulldogs and um, you know, keep enjoying my football with my, with my teammates here at the Dogs. So if it comes up, try to take it with both hands and... Uh, like I've always done, so, yeah, it is what it is, but something I can't control at the moment, so just keep playing good footy. Some think because they lost last year without him and his form's been pretty good, it's a fait accompli. Do we think that's the case? Well, no, it's not a fait accompli. I, 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 
I don't like saying it, but I, I think he might be overlooked again. I can't understand how. Wow. I thought he was magnificent for Australia. He's probably the best player at the World Cup. Uh, he, uh, I think he's, his absence was noticeable last year in the Origin Series. Let's remember we lost that Origin Series, but I don't think they'll pick him. You know, so who's your wingers then? I think that I, I don't know. I just don't think Brian there's a rap. I don't think but I don't think there's a rap on Ado Car. I, I don't think I don't think Ado Car was replaced last year in Origin because somebody was playing better than him. I think he was not in Origin last year because they didn't want to pick him. And then they went and found someone to take the spot. Daniel Tupu had a pretty good. He, he started slow last year at the Dogs, but I, I'm with you. He needs to be in this New South Wales side. Daniel Tupu did a, a, a decent job for him, but you know the other option is Suwalihi, and I'd be picking Ado Car at the moment. I'm picking the Fox every day of the week. Like you've only got to look at what he's done at Canterbury as their roster has improved, that he's got better players around him. He was one of the best wingers in the tournament in the World Cup. He's a rep player. It'll be a big he story brings, if they don't pick him. It will be speed. just as big a story if they don't pick him. He brings speed, which is the one thing you can't coach. We know that. And, and Queensland have got some out-and-out speedsters. And respectfully, I don't think New South Wales have got the speed outside of him the Queensland have got. Well, the paranoia is that if, if they have Ado Car and Toa, they've got two short wingers. That's the paranoia, right, that New South Wales have. Yeah, but that, that was... I, I found that argument ridiculous last year. They wouldn't pick that, a tall winger the... like Tupac. So what they just thought the, the Queensland were not going to notice <laughs> that one, one winger was five foot two and the other was six foot four. I'm not saying it's my argument, Kenzie, but, but, but that was but, the but, argument but, that was made. But, but, Mick, how does anyone expect you to believe the Queensland are not going to notice? If, if it's all about the kicking game... And um, but who is capable under the high ball? Do they really think Queensland are going to sit there and not notice that? Like Ado, if, if it's about height, Ado Car's taller than Tyre. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's six foot doesn't tall. Doesn't carry as well out of his back end. And stuff. it doesn't. He doesn't do that as well. But there's look. I don't know why they're looking at it. New South Wales. For some time now, they continue to get game one team wrong. I don't know why. They just. They'll make four or five teams and, yeah, they'll sit down and people will say, well, who are you to say that? But you ring coaches and you say, explain this to me. I can't explain it. Well, I don't know I'm what they're thinking. I haven't yet. But this, I'm talking about previous years. <laughs> you, you would ring up and say, what's happened here? I can't explain it. I, I, don't, know what well, I don't know what they're thinking there. OK? And it's happened... It wasn't just one year. It's happened multiple years. It'll happen again this year. You yeah. watch. There'll be a team that picked and everyone sit back and go, well, what have we done here? They'll walk them back. By, and by game three, they'll get it right, but it might be too late. They were very quick, Brandy uh, as assistant and Freddie, uh, to make it clear Swali is in the frame, that, that, that his decision to go to rugby uh, yeah. wouldn't have any impact. be quite the story. And if they do pick him, they'll, they'll argue, and quite rightfully, this is the right argument. Well... Why should Swalee not be here? Why, you're saying he's not a good player. No, not saying that. We're just saying Adokar's been the best yeah. winger in the game for some time now and he hasn't been picked. But the argument will be, well, what are you saying, Swalee's not a good player? Is that what you're saying? Is that what you're saying? No, it's not what I'm saying. <laughs> but that, like, there's, what, there's a thousand ways to skin a cat. All right. Uh, I feel sorry for Josh Adokar. I really do. Uh, by the way, we've got a thumping weekend of football on the way um, and it's, of course, he, Easter weekend, which means there are some different times. These Thursday games have been sensational. It's another one. Melbourne Roosters, well done to the NRL. They've scheduled some beauties. Uh, that Bulldogs-Rabbitohs game, that's 3pm uh, on air, 4pm kickoff. 
That should get a great crowd there at uh, Accor Stadium. The night game, Cowboys taking on the Dolphins. Only the two games, still quite the Super Saturday because you've got Penrith and Manly cracking game to start it off. We see the Broncos again on Saturday night. What have the Raiders got in response? Sunday, the two games. And then the big one really uh, for uh, the West's Tigers. They have to show something against Parramatta, who only have one win themselves. They can't afford to be repeating what happened last year when they were beaten in this game. Monday, 3.30 live and exclusive, and then NRL 360 on uh, straight after that. Stick around. Thank you, gentlemen. But stick around you at home because it's the Legends Agenda next with Gordon Tallis and Benny Elias.